All right, welcome to Seishura. I'm Scoop Magoo. I'm Jim Jam. And we have a nice eclectic episode today, starting with what is uh, an early contender for most bizarre music video, if it is even a music video. Oh, I was year. just going to say that. Um, the new... Hey, Scott, flying... Scott, 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 fire is coming. Yes. Fire is coming. Yes. Fire is coming. Oh, <laughs> man. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, which would be totally understandable, uh, Flying yeah. Lotus announced a new album, uh, but in the process of doing so, he released a bizarre... It's only about three minutes long, so you should definitely watch it. Just prepare for some Lynchian... Yeah type of uh, cinematography. The reason being is David Lynch I, is in said music video. Okay, they, let's, let's be totally fair. I did not to call you out so early, but Scott, have you ever actually seen a David Lynch movie? Uh, I don't see how that's related, <laughs> but no. <laughs> so so, so yeah. what do you describe Lynchian as? <laughs> Oof. I guess I should have expected to be put on the spot, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm just I, I I'm a huge David Lynch fan, so like I'm just like I I, I have from, to, I have to throw you some from shit. the the two Twin Peaks episodes I've seen. This felt very Lynchian, okay? Okay, I, I'm I'm a Lynch noob. Yeah, um, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I for just <laughs> I'm sorry. I l- l- let's get back to this thing. Freaking, uh, it's it's yeah, it's called um, uh, Fire is Coming. <laughs> And it's off of uh, the upcoming album Flamagra, I guess, is how you say this thing. Uh, Scott, by the way, have you looked into the details of this album yet? Um, I'm pulling up uh, a news article now because I, I looked at it um, when it came out. And I didn't really look into the like the underlying story or theme or everything. I believe this is an, act- this oh, is yeah. an actual track, right? Yeah, no, this is an actual track. Um, yeah. So, which I mean um, makes sense because I mean there's audio, so it's probably just like a, a skit of sorts, albeit a very odd skit. Odd skit. Well, I'll, okay, so, so so maybe I'll bring this up afterwards. Uh, but yeah, so this single is is really weird because like really it's not. You're right that it's it's more of a skit than an actual song. Like I'm not really sure why like Stephen Ellison thought it was a good idea to release this like as like a lead single i maybe it's because like you know lynch like you know is is kind of famous in his own right or something like that but even then i don't know i just yeah i because to be honest there really wasn't a whole lot of like actual music in it oh it was zero context i mean it was it was unsettling it was creepy i enjoyed watching it like it was it was quite interesting to say the least but other... this is this is light for david lynch frankly but it's it just it was it was like okay like it ended and i because i saw that it was three minutes long and i was like what's gonna happen in the next three minutes because like as yeah. it was developing i'm like there's really not a lot of time for anything to happen and sure enough it yeah, just kind of exactly. it was just i mean it certainly piqued my interest i'm very interested to see yeah. what um what the whole storyline or even if because this is right smack dab in the first of all, this is twenty seven tracks, which like holy shit. Yeah. Second of all, the the lead single with David Lynch is, is track thirteen, so it's not even an intro. It really is an interlude. 
which I yeah. think is interesting because but I, it felt like an we, intro. You know what I mean? Especially because the name of the yeah. album has a fire theme. I don't know. So I, just, I, 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 I think that you know if we go back to your dead. Um, which is weird that it's been five years since it's your dad. Um, wow, real, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but holy yeah. shit. Yeah, but, um, you know, the, that that album had a lot of, like, these very, very short tracks that all mm-hmm. added up to, like, this whole cohesive experience. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming that this is sort of, you know, uh, pretty much that, you know? Like, it's it's pretty much just, like, another... Like, I, I think this will make more sense within the context of the album. Yeah, for sure. But th- the thing is, like, they're just, like, like, I thought the whole David Lynch, like, spoken word aspect was, was cool. But, like, the thing is, Lynch already put out an album last year that does the exact same thing, but ten times better. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I just don't, I don't really understand this track's appeal. Really? Like, I, I don't really understand, I still don't understand just the choice to have this as the lead no, single. No, and I, I think that is my main issue with it if I, mean, I don't even yeah. know if I want to classify it as an issue I guess main puzzlement or or just yeah, the thing I, definitely. thing I find odd uh, is that I mean th- this is a music album you know so I, or, yeah. you know presumably I, I, as, as, as opposed to <laughs> well this is a, yeah, this is a collection of songs versus uh, yeah. uh, you know like this isn't a spoken word album I, I, I imagine yeah, exactly. I, mean, I mean maybe it is maybe like we're gonna be he's punking us and it's I gonna don't... be like we're gonna have Anderson Pock doing spoken word and uh, George Clinton oh, God, doing spoken not. word. Um, okay, George Clinton doing spoken word would be really be cool. cool. But, but but speaking of which, there I, are some great you know Anderson Pock, George Clinton, Little Dragon, um, Denzel, Denzel Curry, Curry uh, obviously Shabazz, Shabazz Palaces. Palaces, Thundercat. I love I love Tori Moi. I don't know if you you're that familiar with him. Um, um I I I remember listening to like one of his albums way back in the day finding it cool his new his new um, album is really really cool it came out this year um and then also solange is on here i don't know much about her music but i really i do like her voice uh, kind of like with I beyonce just... i like beyonce's voice i'm not a huge fan of her music but i do enjoy her singing so i'd be interested to hear her vocals on top of a, fl- a fly low beat yeah i'm solange is, is probably like my least um but like probably out of these features the one i'm least looking forward to yeah, Cause just because I, 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 I don't, don't understand why she's here. I also I feel like a lot of the other groups might bring something musically. Like Toro Imwa does all his own production. Obviously, Thundercat does his own music. Uh, actually, yeah, maybe not Denzel Curry. I don't know how much you know how much of a hand he has in production, but. That's one of the things. Yeah, but like Denzel Curry can spit some fire. No, absolutely. So. I mean, I'm looking forward to that. I'm just saying, in the sense of of what they might bring musically, I think like it's interesting yeah. that the vast majority of these features might also be bringing some. Um, if not, I mean, I'm sure Thundercat's you know bass playing is going to be all over this album regardless. Um, maybe, maybe uh, it'd be cool to see George Clinton. Uh, um, yeah, funk, funk I, up. I'm really psyched. Yeah. I'm psyched for this George Clinton feature because uh, I I don't know if you heard about this, but like a couple of years ago, George Clinton announced that there were, he was actually going to have a solo album dropping on Brain Feeder. Oh, cool. um, that was supposed to be completely produced by Flying Lotus, but that Did was that like two or that yeah, it was like two or three years ago now. So like nothing's come of it. Oh, so I'm like that's interesting. Yeah, but, but but I I feel like there is like no 
no more perfect collaboration than George Clinton and Flying Lotus, frankly. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So, yeah. Um, I I want to point out something, though, that this tr- this whole album is an over an hour. Yeah, that, which that's something I'm not super almost, excited, to be honest. Yeah, it, it so it, it's almost twice as long as You're Dead, and it's the longest Flying Lotus album ever. Um, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, let, let me just make sure because um, he had okay. It could be in no, yeah. Until the quiet comes, it's like 46 minutes. I thought that that might be the longest, but like, it, yeah. So it's I don't know because like Cosmogramma, which I still think is probably Flying Lotus's best so far. Like th- that's like 46 minutes too. And I feel like that album like goes on a little too long, personally. Well, and like, I think that he's, just so al- dense. he's always kind of risen above just because uh, a lot of instrumental hip hop albums just kind of feel like beat tapes. Like it just feels like, yeah. hey, here are a ton of short, you know, instrumental ideas I had. They're all together. Have have fun. But something that he's always done well, and I think it's because of you know a, a combination of just his you know his prowess at production and the fact he's had relatively, you know, shorter track listings and the guests he's been able to, to put on his projects. Um, he hasn't really fallen into that trap, but this kind of has, this has a red, three hundred red flags. I mean, they're, they're minor. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying for sure it's going to be, uh, an issue, but just the sheer number of tracks. Um, cause obviously I'm assuming many of them will be short, but I don't know if that's necessarily, uh, uh, yeah, no. I, I'm, I'm, that I'm that looking could... at the track length. So, like the, the the track length, like the longest track that I can see is like four minutes and thirty five seconds, and it's actually the last track. Okay. So, like, it, it's it's not like the, they're all very short little themes. Like, like, like again, much like you're dead. Um, but at the same time, I think what makes you're dead such like a sucker punch of an album is because it's so short. Mm-hmm. You know that that it 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 really like it's dense. It, like it, it reminds me almost like of like okay, I don't know how great of a comparison this is, but like a nails record that like you know they they, they pack a lot into like ten minutes. Sure, yeah, you know, I think that's and, a very and, and so you, you, like you know like I'll listen to like a nails album and then I'll like want to play it again just because there's so much within that that time. Span. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, but. If Nails made like an hour long album, like oh god, I really don't think I would listen to that at all. And like it's the same thing here. Like I'm a little wary because like I don't know. Just I I'm personally getting really tired of of these artists who think that it's a good idea to just put out like an hour or over that like you know a project that's that long and like it, you know I it's. You wonder if it's stream trolling, but you also wonder if it's just like there's just some lack of like someone else, you know, you know, sort of interceding here and being like, "Dude, you 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 got you got to like cut out a couple of these yeah, tracks." Yeah, m- maybe like, he just had trouble. Like he just was so in tune with a lot of these ideas. <laughs> I guess uh, I think the, the other yeah. thing, kind of what I was, I was trying to get to earlier. Um, oh yeah. yeah, is that even even if it's just a lot of shorter tracks, I think I don't know if that's so much a consolation if each of those shorter tracks are just kind of they don't have time to develop because something that he's always been good at even when he has relatively uh you know uh terse track times he 
puts really interesting ideas. And I think Nails is a great comparison in the sense that they make songs that feel, you know, fulfilling and they're well composed, even if they're only like a minute long. And, you know, the album itself feels yeah. very, you know, well thought out, even if it's so short. Um, I think that's something kind of with instrumental hip hop and, and just, you know, these kind of beat, beat oriented projects that, um, is often an issue is the fact that there's so many tracks and a lot of times so many of them just feel maybe not like throwaway but just kind of filler like there's just there's so many opportunities yeah. for filler now again not I, saying that's going to be the case here but just there there's plenty of opportunity for that to be the case here yeah no i i'm i totally i agree with you there um i do think though that i like flying lotus has this way of at least in his like last couple albums of ordering these tracks in a really interesting way uh-huh. so they all sort of blend into each other um and so i i'm sort of hoping that that's sort of the case here because i think that would sort of alleviate some of that issue uh-huh. that you just brought up um i i also my, my last thing i want to point out is that this thing's coming out on warp as opposed to brain feeder which i think is really weird which i mean to, to be fair i think yeah your dead came out on warp um, you know, the, like there's a, a bunch of his albums, I think have come out on, yeah, but until the quiet comes is warp, you know, Cosmogramma, I think is you no know, warp as well. Um, Los Angeles is on warp as well. Um, so has he which not, I find really weird. Not released any of his projects on brain feeder. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. Like I, I, I I'm pretty, I remember like, cause I, I have Cosmogramma, like I'm, I'm almost certain that there's like a brain feeder logo on that, but I, I just find it weird that you know you would release something on you know a different label as opposed to your own. I like, agree, especially the, the the one that you own. Like you literally, it, yeah. You know, I mean, in many cases, that's why um, that's why artists you know found their own label is so that they they yeah. can release their music on that label on their own terms. Yeah, and it's not like Brain Feeder is, you know, uh, like an obscure indie label. At least, you know, in when it comes to this type of music, like, you know, the uh, Kamasi Washington's, you know, um, The Epic came out on Brain Feeder. Uh-huh. You know, every Thundercat album has come out on Brain uh-huh. Feeder. Um, I mean, there are just a ton of really good Brain Feeder releases. Like, people know the label, so it's not like it's an issue with publicity. But at the same time, Warp is like known for being like pretty much the most cutting edge electronic label like ever. So you know, I, I'm not I'm not really sure. I just, I just find it very odd that like again it's on Warp. That is very bizarre. But yeah, but I mean, nonetheless, I I you know I was really excited when I heard this announcement. I've been waiting for this album for a long time now. And, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about it in a few months or actually really in a few weeks when it comes out May 24th. So interesting. I didn't realize it was coming up that quickly. Um, yeah, which is, I, you know, which is also really cool, you know, to have like, you know, as opposed to like, I think I found, uh, I think there's a couple albums that are coming out. Like, let me see. Um, yeah, like there are like July July releases that are being announced, and things like that, uh, which still isn't as bad as like someone saying that their album's coming out in like September. But <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I mean, I feel like I haven't seen a lot of that this year, which has been nice. 
uh, like a lot of uh, at least the releases I've been interested in being you know so yeah. far out. Um, I, I have to admit I, I didn't even know when it was coming out because once I uh, I saw just the general summary of what <laughs> what the launch of this album was like, I was like, all right, I'm gonna need to dive into this when I have time. Because like I was at work, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I'm in the headspace to watch like a weird David Lynch, <laughs> you know, quote unquote yeah. music video. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really also interested in this. I don't I don't know if I'm as big a Fly Low fan as, as other people, you know, you included that love him a lot. Only only the sense that I haven't listened to him as much. Uh, I, I still really love his. I have a lot of his albums. I love it. Uh, you know what I've heard. But um, kind of feeling like I, I want to dive into him more before this comes out, yeah. just to kind of have a frame uh, of reference. I, I think to be fair, I think we're pretty much equal in our terms of like listening experience with him. Like I, I'm pretty sure I only own Cosmogram and You're Dead, um, but I've listened to Los Angeles until the Quiet comes. I think a couple times before, but You're Dead and Cosmogram are probably the ones I spin the most. But even that saying, like it's been a while since I've really listened uh-huh. to him. Um, I really do want to put on your dead again though, because that that one track with the Kendrick Lamar feature, I think it's um, no, it's not Clock Catcher. That's off of Cosmogram. Um, what, is this something about falling? No, it's a, I I got it right here. Um, oh, never I'll catch never me. Catch me yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I thought that 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 that's a great track. Also, uh, one, one last thing, and then I'll shut up about this. But um, there, there's no Captain Murphy features on here oh that's interesting is, uh, yeah that's a good yeah point. Good which he he was talking about you know uh, years ago that he was that there was going to be like a captain murphy full length you know at some point uh so i'm wondering what sort of happened between then and now i mean i know he yeah. came out with like his own his own film uh which i still really want to watch because it's supposed to be just disgusting and bizarre um <laughs> but yeah i yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to have like Captain Murphy just show up on a track or something, but I don't know. I I think he would probably make a point of saying that he is featured in this track. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all right. I think yeah. that's that's about <laughs> it. And and you know, like Jimmy said, we will absolutely be talking about this uh, when it drops. Uh, in the meantime, we are doing. Our first album anniversary in a while, I think. I don't. I don't uh, we, we did Mastodon on a couple. Oh, weeks we did. Ago. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, I, it's just it's but, still um, just so weird that that's ten years old. I don't oh, know. Yeah, I know. I know. You you, you feel just like really old. Yeah, <laughs> in which, a way. You know, just, seeing as I'm only twenty four, it's not. Um, yeah, it's not a feeling I feel often. Um, yeah, I know. It's 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 really weird. I actually like little side note. I like, before I started before we recorded, I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, how old am I now? <laughs> like it was like a legitimate question, and I'm like, like fuck, I'm 26, and I can't even remember my own age. Like <laughs> it's like the future does not fare well for me, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh but man! I, 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 I looked that up because of the album we're talking about because I was curious on how, uh you know, how old this album was, which this album turned to 25. Uh, it turned 25 just a couple days ago on April 18th. So It's interesting because I will be turning 25 this year too. Yeah. And I already got you your present. Oh. Not, 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 yeah. I mean, you, you already know about that, so. I do, yes. I remember. Yeah. Because <laughs> I fucked up with Christmas presents. <laughs> oh, that's super but, funny. 
<laughs> anyway, I, I don't know why I'm bragging about this right now. <laughs> we're we're talking about uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, their eighth studio album, Let Love In, which is um considered by most to be uh, their best album. Um, I I this was I, I'm trying to remember. I think I got into Nick Cave th- through Skeleton Tree um, when that came out, which that and was then a I sort of. Album. Yeah, it, it was. I, I mean, really. But thinking back, like it's such a difficult album, considering just the material that came before it. Um, so it's just weird to hear like an album like this. Like I think I got into this after Skeleton Tree, and everything else in his discography sort of fell into place for me for the most part. Okay. Uh, but I don't think this is the first time you've listened to this, right? Yeah, this is the first time I listened to this album. I've listened yeah, to, you know, I have I, I uh, thought... Murder Balance that you got me, which yeah. is, is a great album. Uh, listen to Skeleton Tree, which is which uh, I think that was the first ever, along with you, the first ever Nick Cave album I was doing. Uh, it, yeah. it, it is quite different um, from at least from the other Nick Cave's albums I've I've listened to. It's much more yeah darker. I, to it to feels be fair, a... he's he's done a little bit of a of a uh, change in style. Actually, I mean to be totally fair, um, you know. Every like, I feel like he's gone through a bunch of different styles. Like, really early Nick Cave is like has like this post punk feel to it, mm-hmm. um, and then sort of it goes into like this. Like, I consider like Let Lovin' and like, you know, Henry's Dream to be like this sort of like alt rock almost, and then Murder Ballads is sort of a little bit more of that, maybe a little folk, and then they end up going full like garage rock band, like with um. Uh, like Liar of Orpheus and Abattoir Blues, uh, as well as uh, Nick Cave's Grinderman side project and Nocturama and like those type of things. So you know he he he's had a wide range like range of styles underneath his belt, um, which is really it's so really like, cool because I um, it is really cool. He's one of those artists that people have told me I should listen to for a while, but I didn't even, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I mm. really didn't know much about him other than so many people told me to listen to him. Um, yeah. So kind of as I've slowly gotten into his material, it's it's been pretty fascinating to explore what exactly um, his style's about. Mm. So w- what did you think of this album? I really, really like this. I, I, again, didn't really know what to expect because... Um, this was closer to Murder Ballads than I thought it would be, only because I know Murder yeah. Ballads has a, a specific theme. You know, it has, a, has kind of a, a, a concept that both the yeah. music and the lyrics revolve around. So I wasn't sure if that was a one-off. And obviously, again, Skeleton Tree being so different from what he'd done before um, and a much newer album at that. Um, so listening to this, it was very similar to Murder Ballads, but also a bit more upbeat and obviously there's like a theme of 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 love throughout and um you think so uh, kind of i, I mean uh, in the sense that you know some of the lyrics that's just a recur you know a, a recurring theme yeah. it, 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 do you love yeah. me nobody's baby it just, now it, it, love it felt man. a bit more yeah. i mean it was kind of more of a a sinister in a way or like a little bit more um snarky <laughs> he definitely he has a even if the lyrics don't necessarily have a you know, sarcastic or uh, if the, if he's trying to be 
genuine or like, 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 like sort, sort of like a flippant tone to him. Yeah, like, exactly. Like he just he has, he's yeah. kind of like like a sneer on all all of his. Uh, honestly, yeah, like, I, like I don't know, I don't know if you are going to agree with this, but to me, he sounded like Michael Gira trying to do his best Tom Waits impression. Like that that is actually like spot. That, that's on. like I was trying um, to figure out like his voice sounds like a perfect synthesis of like a couple vocalists or like like a few vocalists. And yeah. That's ultimately what I settled on. Like, yeah, that's, that's like exactly what he sounds like to me. Um yeah, yeah I, 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 I I love Nick Cave's voice, but it, his lyricism I think is where he really shines. Yeah, for sure. Um I, I, I don't know how much you did you I don't know how much you noticed some of the lyrics in this thing, because I think it's for me, at least, like it took me a couple of listens to really hear exactly what was going on. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed um, the ideas I picked up. I mean, I think you know me; I'm not a huge lyric guy, but and uh, yeah. you know, in the few times I listened to this, I picked up. I liked the ideas and the lyrics he put forth. I, I didn't dive too much into kind of really digest the the meaning, but just the music itself and the delivery of those lyrics and kind of the ideas I. Um, you know, I picked out were, were were great. Yeah, I I totally I I get you. Like like I like I too am not a huge lyric person, but um, I think Nick Cave is one of those few artists whose lyrics I really I really find interesting. Um, I think most people would agree with that. When you look up like you know music's best lyricists, Nick Cave is always somewhere on that list. Um, uh, just because he's had a reputation now for just making just these songs about just you know, murder and like just gruesomeness, uh, but then making them beautiful at the same time. Like, I mean, just look at murder ballads. Like that entire album yeah, is exactly. basically that. Like, you know, uh, my favorite track off of that, I think it's um, the Wild Rose, um, mm-hmm. is is all about like these this this girl who meets this guy who ends up uh, falling. They end up falling in love, and he ends up killing her at the end. And it's just like you. It, 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 there's just something about the way Nick Cave, you know, writes a song, both lyrically and musically, that just works so well. Um, mm. You know, I, I'm looking at just like the the first track of this album, "Do You Love Me." Just some of like some of the lyrics on this thing. You know, I found her on a night of fire and noise, wild bells rang in a wild sky. I knew from that moment on, I'd love her till the day I die. Died, I kissed away a thousand tears, my lady of the various sorrows. You know. I love that type of stuff. Yeah. Like I, I, I think it's just like I, there, there's this one that I really like. Yeah, I'm down to the grounds, the very dregs. Uh, here she comes, blocking the sun, blood running down the inside of her legs. Like I, I, I love that line so much. Like I always like like whenever I listen to this song, like that that's like I always can't wait to like hear that track. That and um, red right hand is is great too. Um, I, mean, I, I think they're all great on this track but um did you ever watch peaky blinders by any chance oh i haven't because the, the, it's it's like the red right hand is the theme song to peaky blinders so a lot of people know it from that um which i, I did you pay attention to the track listing at all um I, i'm not gonna hold it against you if you don't but <laughs> Do, like in terms of the the song titles or yeah uh no not while I, you know i i put it on listen to it just you know all the way through i didn't really check uh because because red right hand is just such a great song you know just to, you know take a little walk to the edge of town go across the tracks where the viaduct looms like a bird of doom as it shifts and cracks like i don't know i just fucking like 
he just has a way of just creating just an amazing atmosphere. Absolutely. With like with little more than just his voice. Um, yeah, I, I if you couldn't already tell, I think this is this is probably one of my favorite albums ever. Um, and I actually listened to this thing like like I think we I found out about this on Thursday. Does that sound right to you? Yes, um, I believe so. Yeah, and so I've listened to it every single day since then. Wow. And I, I have not regretted it at all because it's just like every single time I listen, I just find a little more that I like. And like, um, you know, uh, I think it really that the first half of this thing really gets to me a lot. Um, just like like Lover Man, I think is a really interesting song. Uh, just in terms of like songwriting, just how it goes from just soft to really hard, really fast. Um, Jangling Jack is good. Like I, I let love in. I think is 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 an underrated song. But what's the song that goes how much longer? Oh yeah, that, that, that that's Lover Man. Yeah, that yeah. that's that was my favorite. I just I loved the way that that vocal line There's was incorporated. There's a devil waiting outside yeah, your that's door. That's something else I really liked is how. He, I mean, obviously Nick Cave and his, his delivery, his vocals are the focal point. But the way that other vocals and you know, kind of, kind of a chorus of vocals like on "Lay Me Low," um, how those are incorporated in are you know, yeah. just as important as the music. Um, it definitely. I, I, definitely. I don't know if, if I bring up like some mild criticisms, will our friendship be over? Or <laughs> of course not. Um, I no. I I I love hearing. Um, you know, people critique stuff. I mean, so. I really like. I, I genuinely, I really love this album. There were just a couple things that uh, I think could have been tweaked a little bit. Uh, one, a lot of the songs were really repetitive, which weren't. Um, it's, it wasn't a huge issue, but like by the end of "Lay Me Low," I was kind of ready for them to, you know, maybe just one yeah. less refrain. Uh, it was, on some tracks, it wasn't a big deal. Uh, frankly, overall, it wasn't um, it wasn't a huge detractor. Just a, a few points, it was a little repetitive. I I actually understand that. I think the first time I ever listened to this album, I found I felt the same thing about the uh, the first track, "Do You Love Me." That like I felt like the chorus was just really simplistic, and like the fact that it was re- it was repeated so much was like uh, okay. I mean, I think um, as I listened more and kind of bought more into the album and realized how much I liked it, it became less of an issue. But I still think mm. i mean i think just it is repetitive just whether or not that bothers you uh, i think you know yeah at this at this point it doesn't really bother me as much because i really kind of the more time you spend with an album it, like once you start liking it more and then you re-listen to it those tracks like you it brings out more on repeat repeat listens um, yeah it, you know it, it's it's funny that you bring this up though because I, i'm you, you know me i'm usually the person who can't stand a whole lot of repetition yeah i thought that was, was interesting um, yeah and so but when i actually I, I think maybe it's because the parts that nick like that they often repeat are really interesting um yeah i do think that lay me low is a little bit much sometimes but i mean the album ends right after it so uh right it's the penultimate track so but what, what was your other um Critique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the, the 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 panache on that. Just like the what's your other little uh, gripe, Scott? Um, <laughs> I, I really I do love Nick Cave's vocals, but I felt a lot of times they were mixed really high um, above everything else. 
Um, you know, yeah. on some, some tracks more than others, but, and again, it wasn't a huge issue, but it just, on some tracks, it felt like, uh, when he was singing, especially when they were trying to, maybe not harmonize, but when there were, like, backing tracks going on while he was singing, uh, it was, he just kind of overpowered them. Uh, again, not, not, yeah. not the hugest issue, but just, I kind of would like to hear his voice just taken out a little bit. I definitely, it should still be the focal point. I liked that it was the focal point, but maybe just, you know, a few notches, you know, turned out. Yeah, so the production on, you know, a couple of these albums aren't always, so, like, the album that preceded this was Henry's Dream, and, um, you know, Nick Cave has, has gone on record saying that he really didn't like the production of that album. And so I think, you know, um, I think in a way some of those problems sort of seeped over into this album as well. Um, that, like, it has sort of, like, this muddy production style to it sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. like, like, I think of, um, like, I think Loverman is probably the best example of that, or, like, Jangling Jack. Um you know, maybe, maybe Thirsty Dog too, but um, like they, it has this like it, it feels like the lower end of this album like sort of blends into it, like it sort of bleeds into itself. Um, which I you know the more I listen to it, I, I still like it, but like I, I can see that being a an issue, and I think with with that, you know, I think the mixing can sometimes be a little weird. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, for example, like, on, like, Loverman, like, you can barely hear Nick Cave during the uh, the verses, but then the chords, he sort of jumps up. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it, 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 it's not, it's not a perfect album by any means, but I, I do really love this album. I, you know, it's, it's probably still my favorite Nick Cave album. Um, you know, and the fact that it's 25 years old is just really weird. Um. To be totally honest, because like I, I mean, at the same time, like I, I don't know, like I, we listen to a lot of old music, but like the fact that this is that old just sort of gets to me a little bit. That like I mean, I was I was two years old when this came out. <laughs> I think the just in general, what's odd is the fact that the '90s were you know 20 years ago. Like I think yeah. that's really bizarre. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. I, I always think of the '90s as like the last ten years. Yeah, ex- no, still. exactly. <laughs> Even though I was born in the '90s, and I, I very well know that I'm I'm going to be 25 this year. So obviously, the '90s are, you know, 20 years away in many cases. Uh, yeah, it's 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 very odd. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I I don't think this album is very exemplary of the '90s. Sure, I, I think it's it's just it's so itself like i i always noticed there, there's a conversation that heavy blog has a lot of about australian music uh that like there's just sort of like this insular um you know way that australian music like sort of the quality that it has that like no other country's music has and i think this is very much like the same thing and because i mean no duh these guys are australian so <laughs> well i think it's, they're almost I mean, they're, they're literally isolated. Um, yeah, in a way. In a way. I, I, I just think that it's it's odd to hear like the, this thing is basically came out halfway through the '90s, and I mean, we're talking about a decade that like, you know, this type of this type of music was just like not popular. Mm-hmm. In in like and yet this album is just like beloved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just it. I just find that really interesting that, like, you know, 
despite all the popular trends saying otherwise, you can always come out with something that will just blow people away and be just completely, uh, you know, singular and sort of stand out from the rest, mm-hmm. you know, so. Uh, oh, they also, little, little little fun fact about this, uh, Blixa Bargeld from uh, Einstein's and New Bowden is actually, like, all over this album. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, cool. he was he was a member of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds for a while, um, playing guitar for them, but... Huh. I, I just find I just find that really interesting because like you, I I don't think of Monsters and New Bowden <laughs> yes. when I think of Nick Cave no, and the Bad that's, Seeds. That's, so that's a very good point. Yeah, but it, I think to be fair, like if you it, you ever listen to the Birthday Party? Uh, no, I don't. So it, the, it's it's Nick Cave's like first project that he did. It was like his first band, um, and that gets pretty noisy and like strange sounding so i i can see a little more overlap there but like with an album like this you know like you know i i half of mine is like you know howled or mensch you know and then just like <laughs> you let love in like, so yeah yeah he's, he's, he I, just seems like a very interesting guy like a very like yeah very much... so i and then nick cave or blixa bargeld uh, Nick Cave, just you know, the pe- people yeah. he brings in, the ideas, because um, yeah, obviously, definitely. to attract someone you know like that, you kind of have to be somewhat odd or forward-thinking in your own right. So I, I, I'm assuming that there's probably like, like I think when a lot of these bands, you know, like when sometimes these members join other bands, I think it's because there's already like, um, you know, some relationship between them in the first place. Mm. Um, like it's it's sort of like how like you know death metal like early death metal bands like there's always like you know li- li- like some member shows up on like seven other bands albums you know aside from their yeah. own band no that, that's uh, a good it, point things like that I, I mean it, you know it's sort of be, because you have like this music scene you know this very you know um, it, it's not like exclusive in a way but it's like it, it's more like nobody's really asking to like you know be a part of it mm-hmm. so they, they kind of just do their own like their own thing mm-hmm. but um actually so there's an instructor at at my school who um was in a pretty popular band in the 90s and he actually toured with nick cave and apparently like nick cave is just like one of the nicest guys you can meet oh that's cool <laughs> that's, that's good to yeah hear. yeah i know i i know i really i really want to meet him just because i like i i really just want to see like how he works yeah kind of because like just so, somewhat like yeah I, I mean i would say you know i'm not gonna repeat these lyrics here but like if you look into the lyrics for papa won't leave you henry off the first track off of henry's dream there are some um very choice words he uses that may not be um liked by some people nowadays but like he has this way of just like telling a story and just telling a brutal story and having it just work so well. Huh. Um, so I suggest like if anybody's interested, you know, check out Henry's Dream too because that, that that's a great track or great album in itself. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much all I have. Yeah, no, here. thanks for. Uh, I'm my journey with Nick Cave has been pretty slow but I'm, I'm glad that uh i've been you know slowly diving more into what he has to offer yeah but we'll, we'll definitely have to change that uh, like this summer we'll, we'll have to make you listen to some more nick cave <laughs> okay that sounds good yeah 
Yeah. Okay. So, so f- finally, we have yeah. uh, something we were tossing around last week that uh, I think yeah. was off <laughs> off mic. Uh, no, no, it, it was it was on mic. Uh, oh. And then it and then it sort of stopped. Then we still talked about it afterwards. I, I'm pretty sure, anyway. Uh, yeah, that that actually, that actually sounds right. Um, but we had talked about the idea of potentially doing a. Um, Oh my god, I can't think of the word. Guilty pleasures. Talking, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. <laughs> this, this is why I should be leading yeah, Scott. Yeah, I know. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I, sometimes I have brain farts with words. I don't know why. Um, oh yeah, no, yeah, I, I, just, I have the same thing. So, But yeah, yeah. just uh, not only talking about some of our own, you know, guilty, or what we might consider guilty pleasures, but just uh, to start talking about, you know, what is a guilty pleasure? Like, what... And, See, and, and the, that's I, the thing that's interesting is that depending on who you ask, some people don't even believe that guilty pleasures are a thing. Like, you, you, yeah, I, I, I don't think they should be a thing. I think maybe that that's my stance, uh, personally, because I, I, I think if if you're ashamed to like a certain band or a certain song, then like, I, I, I don't, I don't really think you like it that much. <laughs> like in a way, like, like, you know, we shouldn't be ashamed of the things we like. Well, I think I think the only reason you'd be ashamed is because of the, the the context, like just because of how society views said artist. Um, yeah, but like I see, I I don't think that's something you should be ashamed. I think I just think that that's like, I don't know, like I just find that to be a very shallow view of of people's tastes. That like you you know like I mean. I, I could I could you know tell my dad that he he has bad taste because he likes Seth MacFarlane, but like I'm not gonna do that because I mean like you know some people like him and some people don't. If you enjoy him, then like w- w- like why the fuck would you take that away from somebody? Like why would you ruin that for somebody unless you're just a total asshole? Yeah, so. no, I agree with you. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Um, I mean I think that's what a guilty pleasure is. Is this if there are certain artists or. You know, it obviously, it depends not only just on society. Like, for example, some some people consider like metal to be a guilty pleasure just because of where their position is in society. You know, like or they're, they're yeah. a social group. You know, they may not think metal is is worthy or what have you. Um, or sometimes it depends on the, like what type of metal. Because sure. I, I I know that like back in the day, I you know I was sort of turned off of black metal because I had heard you know all of like you know the really nasty things that happened in Norway. Yeah related to it but you know i once i actually listen to the music though i'm like okay like the music's good like so who who cares what the other person does you know or like like, you know i like i like the music it doesn't need to be any more complicated than that but that being said i've i've used to have guilty pleasures like, like back in the day or at least like there were artists that like i would not admit to people that i actually liked uh, you know, I'm trying to think of like a really good one. I think back in the day, Beastie Boys, I think used to be that like that for me. Interesting. Because like you, yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it, it's like oh, you know, some white Jewish boys rapping. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so uh, you know, like I, I think also like they have like this. I don't know if you've noticed it, but like Beastie Boys to me have like this stigma of like that they're like lame, that like you know like they because they're so white sort of um and like they think they're so cool but and, and th- this is not a feeling that i have but like i i like 
I sort of see other people, you know, expressing this this sentiment. So, um, I don't but, know if I should. Well, well, I think I'll just leave the Beastie Boy comments yeah. to you. <laughs> well, I I mean I I know you're not a fan, so yeah. I I don't really like, again like like I I don't care what people think about the music I like. Like it it really does not bother me at all. I think for me, the way I interpret my guilty pleasures is it's music I enjoy, but I if I take a step back, I recognize that like it's not it's not really great. Like it's just not it's not like it's very um, like there's something either compositionally or just performance wise or just what they're doing or or lyrically. There's something about the music that I think is just not good, but there's other aspects that just are so much. You know, there, there's so much more enjoyable that it's kind of easy to overlook. Um, and I yeah. guess that might be a good time to segue into some examples because the, the, yes. the best, as soon as you said this, the first example that came to mind is Dance Gavin Dance. Oh boy, do I love me some <laughs> See, here's the thing I love Dance Gavin Dance. I think they're super catchy. I love, they're basically like a mix of, like, they're super hyper energetic and catchy. Um, like post, like modern post-hardcore, math rock, you know, pop punk, pop rock, and it's just such a like a a, me- a mess of uh, just like catchy creative styles. Um, now, <laughs> the reason that I feel like like I don't like to, I mean, it basically, I'd say their music is the equivalent of eating Lucky Charms, except replace the milk with melted ice cream. Like that, that's like the, that's like the equivalent of what their music is like. It's just it's so it's, it's saccharin. It's basically it, it, it's like a fucked up like Cartoon Network cartoon. Like it just it, it it, it's just is. all these like weird zany like super sugary. Um, so 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 it's Uncle Grandpa. No, oh, oh, I was gonna I was gonna say Uncle Grandpa. I wasn't sure if you knew about that show. It's well, you, you, you you've told me your Uncle Grandpa oh, story like so I many had, times no, that's now. True. It's basically Uncle Grandpa the the music, you know. If Uncle Grandpa yeah. was, was was concentrated to an album, um, Ugh. but yeah, like, it's too, it's just so catchy and so it, it that just has always attracted me is that like the way and like the the guitarist who uh, Will Swan writes a lot of the music is he's super intricate. Like he writes some really great. He's a very talented guitarist, but I would say like the vocals and especially like the. The other thing is the lyrics are just dumb. Like, they're yeah. either, like, hyper, like, horny teenage boy sexual, like, really, like, childish, or they're they're literally nonsense. Yeah, li- 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 like, Fall Out Boy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> like, Fall Out, like, I, I mean, I love Infinity on High, but, like, the, the, the lyrics in that thing are just, like, the, the like... They're more nonsensical than like Lewis Carroll's like you know nonsense poetry. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> um, I think it. I, I have a couple of guilty pleasures, but I think there's one that's been uh, I've been spending a lot this week, and that's um, the track uh, "Me So Horny" by by the Two Live Crew. <laughs> <laughs> really? So oh, that's yeah. Funny. I I love I love that track so much. Like it, it is, it is just so like not politically correct, and just like like you you know that when they're writing that they're like yeah we don't really give a shit that like you know like we we know this is completely ridiculous, and it's just like I I think it's just like one of the funniest songs, and just like <laughs> it 
it just makes me laugh every single time I put it on. It's just so much fun, like for me. Uh, that I just I, lo- I love putting. I've been spending it so much this week, so that I'm just like you know, sitting here, room my dick all hard, <laughs> just like. <laughs> God, I, like I at this point, I feel like I could rap most of most of the oh, song shit. now. Is that song you're proud <laughs> of? Just, yes, I. I, <laughs> I that's the thing. Like I, I'm, I'm not even going to like say this is a guilty pleasure because I don't feel any guilt at this pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, and I feel I, like I legitimately enjoy it. So. I feel like that's the thing. Is for me a guilty pleasure is something that like I feel guilty like myself listening to. It's like man, like I. I have so many great albums on my shelf and I'm listening to like turn off the lights. I'm watching back to the future by dance Gavin dance, which is an actual (laughs) song title. Um, yeah. And yeah, I feel like that's, it's like almost like self-inflicted guilt where like, I'm like, Oh really? Like put on some Coltrane. Like don't listen to fucking the backward pumpkin song. Uh, see like, I I don't know. Like I, 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 I tend not to, you know, like, I just like if it's if I like it, I like it personally. Like in I, I, I don't really go into death beyond that. Sure. No, like, that's fair. You know, no, like it's yeah. definitely it's a personal issue where I'm, I'm like, you know, it's it, it, it's it's definitely something that that you know everybody has their own little definition for this thing. Uh, but do you, do you have any other guilty pleasures before I get oh, to mine? Yeah. Because uh, yeah, the okay. one I was going to bring up, which I don't know if you know this, I love. There's well, okay, like not in general, but there's certain Broadway songs that I just I, I can't get enough of, like like the Hamilton soundtrack. Actually, no, I haven't listened to Hamilton, but like my go-to are Defying Gravity from Wicked, um, the Sound of Music or the the Music of the Night from uh, the Phantom of the Opera, and uh, Seasons of Love from Rent. Oh my God, I love that well, song. What about? Don't you like West Side Story? Or am I think of someone else? Uh, West Side Story's okay. I can't say I don't. I don't specifically. You know, I'm not a specific fan of that necessarily. Yeah, I, but I I actually didn't know this, but that that that's pretty cool. Though. Like just like, you know, I don't I don't like the full soundtracks though. In a lot of yeah. like for example, I I tried listening to the full Rent soundtrack, um, the other day, and I was like, wow, this is actually like not great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think if we're gonna if if we're gonna do like Broadway musicals, uh, I, I want to add. Uh, I mean, I don't know if this counts as a music, like a Broadway musical anymore, but um, a couple tracks off of the Grease mm. <laughs> score. I, I really like um, "Summer Lovin'." I think is really funny. So like, I, I so think that's just a fun. Yeah, actually. So do you, when's the last time you watched Drawn Together? Oh, I I watched it in full years ago, and I have I don't think I've seen yeah. it since. So I um I I just binge watched it again <laughs> this past week and uh, they I, I, do you remember the episode where where they have uh, Greek neighbors and Captain Hero thinks that because they're Greek that they're a fraternity and he tries to join. I think so. That sounds familiar. <laughs> and and the, so he kidnaps their daughter, thinking that it was their mascot. <laughs> And and so they they bring up they they bring her back to Greece after he figures out that he's been you know a fucking idiot, and uh, but but Greece is exactly it's the musical instead, so it's just like <laughs> they end up singing like a version of Summer Loving that's just all about kidnapping. <laughs> that's interesting. And it's just it's fucking great. Um, 
So just that. I, I think that's great. Grease Lightning is is Oh great, yeah, that's a great know? song. So do, 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 do. Yeah. Um I think but it, my and I, I've made this very clear on this podcast before that uh one of my favorite things is cheesy eighties pop. Oh yeah. Um like, like just as cheesy as you can get. Like I, I mean like Doritos and like nacho cheese just all <laughs> melted together, you know, just just glorious, glorious saccharin music. Um, you know, like so like I'm a really big fan of like early Madonna, you know? Like I, I like like a virgin is is I legitimately love that album. But um this week I put on some some earlier stuff. So I put on like um uh Exposure by the band Expose, which is like this I don't know, like a high high energy girl group type of thing, uh, which was just it was great to listen to this because it's been like years since I've listened to the album. But then I also listened to uh, Paula Abdul's "For Every Year Girl," there you go. which has that um, That'll yeah, which, yeah, which has the track uh, "Opposites Attract," as well as um, I think "Straight Up" is is pretty popular too. But oh my god, I enjoyed both of these albums so much, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> like. Like they, they're just like they're so fucking danceable, and just like, oh, it's, it's just like I, I. So I mean, I, I previously said I was born in '92, but I still stand by the fact that I am a child of the '80s. Um, so, like I, I just love that era so much, and mostly because a lot of it is just so campy. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> you know, that was the definition of the yeah. '80s. Oh my god! But that's like my favorite thing about the '80s is is just like the hairstyles, the new wave music, like like the the, the fucking leggings, <laughs> the leggings that people would wear, like like just like the bottles and bottles of hairspray used to just you know keep one hairdo up for an hour, you know, <laughs> just just like I love it so much. That's so funny. Um, yeah, and so like you know, listening to these albums was so much fun. Uh, you know, just like I, I, I was literally like just like laying in bed reading manga and, and listening to Paula Abdul. There you go. <laughs> that what a combo. Like what a combo. I know, right? Well, I mean, I've been reading through Death Note, so that, that's pretty much been taking up most of my time. What a so, what a dichotomy, Paula Abdul and Death yeah. Note. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. That, I mean, I, do, do you remember like whenever we'd go to Newbury Comics and Dave, the manager, would always look at my stuff and he'd be like. What the fuck, man? Yeah, because <laughs> like, it would be list? like, yeah, it would be like Madonna and then like Hannibal Corpse and like <laughs> you know shit like that, like all together. Yeah. Uh, they, so you, you have any more you want to lay on me? Or the last one? Like, I, I, ironically, as I talk about kind of the um, uh, my relationship with guilty pleasures, I don't actually have a ton. I just have a few that I keep going back to. You know, I would say the the musicals, um, those kind of hits, definitely Dance, Gavin, Dance. And then I listen to, um, I don't say a lot, but kind of when I just need some, like, quick heaviness, I go back to my all my old, like, deathcore and metalcore. Yeah. Um, and, like, I can't even think of a specific one, but the reason I would consider that a guilty pleasure is, is um, it's, like, not, I don't know, good. <laughs> It's not well written. Yeah, like, I think that that's only why I stopped listening to Deathcore. Like I'm not trying to be a jerk because I know some people are like, you know, they think shitting on Deathcore is like a tired old trope, which to an extent it is. But I genuinely don't yeah. think like if you listen to like for example, I put on an Oceano album 
um, on my way walk home from work because I, I I wanted that because that's something that you can only Dude. get from Deathcore is just that what yeah no, oh I was gonna say do, do, do you remember when Oceano broke up for like three months oh I and do. then yeah, came back that was hilarious. And, and people were like in tears and just like going nuts over it and it's like and fuck like, guys it's yeah. Oceano. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First of all, like wrong band to be that upset about. But also, guess what? Yeah. They're back together. Um, but yeah. yeah, like deathcore. Deathcore is really like the only genre that has that specific level of like ridiculous, like quick hit heaviness. Um, mm. Like it just they like the, that specific style of just like you know barrage of breakdowns that are like super down tuned and like really percussive. I just like especially when I'm like walking or trying to like exercise or whatever. It's uh, it's like it gets me hyped, but like it just it's yeah. so poor. It's so poorly written. Like I I tried out one of their newer albums that I hadn't heard before because I was like, hey, why not? And like it's pretty crazy, honestly. How um, how like there there just isn't any songwriting. It literally sounds like breakdowns from different songs like spliced together. Like there's no there's barely any riffs connecting them. Which I think was my biggest issue with Deathcore, like why I stopped listening to it, is because, you know, Death Metal occasionally will have breakdowns, but it feels heavier because it actually is breaking down from, like, actual, you know, riffs in Death Metal. Yeah. Whereas with Deathcore, it's just, it's like, it's like all, you know, like... It's it's just one big breakdown. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, yeah, yeah, I I get you. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I... I, I, I don't really have like I mean I'll I'll drop a couple more but like again like I'm not really ashamed of any of these or the previous I, I just I just enjoy them all but um uh Sam Smith's uh James Bond theme that he did for really Louis Spectre oh that's yeah, interesting uh, writings on the wall I, I really like I, that song yeah that song is fantastic like I mean I, I've had days where I'll put that on like five or ten times in a row like because it's just like that well written of a song i i think anyway um let's see i'm, I'm trying to think oh i mean i i guess incubus like pe- people could think be, like so actually i um i was in class the other day and we were i don't know how we got to this but like my my instructor looks like brandon boyd the singer from incubus oh okay. so i mentioned that yeah and, and one of the guys in class was like wait incubus is still a band <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like, and it just got me thinking. I'm like, yeah, maybe people find Incubus to be a little cringy, but I'm like, I still love them. Things like that. I had uh, I had Corn self-titled on this week too, um, just because I was like, you know, if if we're gonna do guilty pleasures, like, I think this is a great place to start. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was just so much fun. I, I will say, like, I do you remember when Corn came out with like that dubstep album? Oh god, yeah. Uh, the the path into I actually really liked that album back in the day. Uh, I'm trying to remember what um, I think it was. Get up. What was was with like, Skrillex? I, I, it's really funny yeah. because um, I forget what came up, but we were listening to. I put on Corn the other day. Actually, I think I was inspired because you said you were listening to them, and then I said, yeah. "Yo, Lauren, Lauren, did you know they have a dubstep album?" She was like, "Uh, what?" And I put on the song with Skrillex, and she was like, "Ew, I hate it. Like it's like this is awful." Because <laughs> it, it, it I, is I actually like a... really like it. So yeah, I like it too. Like to be fun. fair, I, I I'm not a dubstep fan. Like I, I find like that whole like wave of like bro step to be kind of annoying. Yeah. But like 
like for example like, like muse did an album a couple years ago called the third law or was it the third law i think it was the third law that um you know incorporated a lot of like those dubstep sounds and i love that album like a lot of people really don't like that album but i think it's really good and i think that like the dubstep that's using it is like really well done and like you know it's 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 little things like that that i'm like yeah i'm, I'm not ashamed like i i like it you know but i i, I don't but i think other people would be like yep there goes your music credibility <laughs> so um actually i uh, <laughs> maybe a little like here's a little bit of a side note and this will be my final word for this bit but um i had john hopkins's uh immunity on the other day oh, okay. on yesterday yeah and uh i i fell asleep during it <laughs> which i did not expect <laughs> so i don't know take that as you will <laughs> whether, whether that's positive or negative um because i i used to really like that album but i, I don't know for some reason and maybe it's because i just like carbo loaded beforehand and i just yeah. kind of collapsed from it but like i was just like out for like most of this album <laughs> interesting um anyway that's all i have uh, All right. Do you want to do albums of the week? Yeah, I guess that's that's where we're okay. where we're at. So why don't you why don't you go ahead? What was your album of the week? All right. Well, so what was it? Singularity by John Hopkins. I mean, I, I so to be fair, the, I listened to Immunity, not Singularity. Immunity, but hey, that is also yeah. a John Hopkins album. So I think I, I give it yep. a decent C minus. Yeah, maybe D plus. No, I, I, hell, I I would give you a B plus, man. I, okay. I you deserve it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you, you. You you've you've been a good boy. Okay, good boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was listening to this yesterday. I've, I've I've been like on a bit of like an electronic kick, like especially just knowing that there's a new Flylo album yeah. out, you know, coming out. Like I just feel like this has been like just such a great year for electronic music. Yeah. Um, and so I I put on this album that happens to be my album of the week, uh, Astral Projections, uh, Trust in Trance Volume Three, oh, cool. which is a uh, it's it's sort of like a side trance album. Um. I used to really love this album back in the day. Like, just I mean, it, by that I mean a couple years ago, um, when I was trying to get into more electronic music. But I just haven't given it, haven't really listened to it a whole lot since then. And putting it on yesterday was a lot of fun. I can't say it's like you know like one of the best albums out there. It's really, I mean, it, it's an hour and fifteen minutes long, so it, it, it's a lot, especially when trance is very repetitive. Yes, uh, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. But the I always I always really enjoyed this album and you know just I, I put it on yesterday you know wrote red death note <laughs> that is such a fun got, combo good got, 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 got to it. see how light yagami's doing you know <laughs> and um yeah so i i yeah astro projecting trust and trans volume three awesome album cover and i would say anybody interested just listen to the first track kabbalah it's like almost 10 minutes long but i i think it's just one of the best trance songs i've ever listened to so what about you, good sir? Yeah, so we finally, we've been traveling a lot of the last few weekends. We've had some, some family engagements and haven't really listened to a lot of vinyl because we you know, just haven't been home and like it's, that's something you got to kind of be home to put on because you got to flip it and whatever. And the one... <laughs> um, can, can I interrupt you? I, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I'm, I don't know if you remember that there's a scene in that 70s show where Eric's asking for he he wants a uh, a a cassette deck for his birthday that he can put in the car and his his mom just is like, you know, I don't see why they just don't take record players in the car. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Like, like, I just need to bring that oh, up. Oh, that's but, funny. Like, again, so. Um, I need to watch more of that 70s show because, like, I've real I've enjoyed everything I've. Oh, so yeah. That I I have watched that show in full like four or five times. I I I'm a huge fan of that show. Or at least I was. I I don't. I think I would probably cry if I if I probably you know binged through it. Well, the, the the end really makes me sad. Oh, okay. So, because I'm like, I don't want these. Like, I I'm in love with Donna. Like, I don't want this to end. Like, <laughs> so. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So um, after <laughs> on that note, uh, there's one album that just just by virtue of al- alphabetical order, um, you can see it because we we have a basically it's like an eight box kind of shelving unit if that makes sense like there's like there's is, is it is it like that one that fantano yeah has? actually it's, it's mean... virtually exactly like that so the box yeah. closest okay. to the the door there's one album I, I you know i see all the time and finally when we were home yesterday and like we had time in the morning i was like you know what i'm gonna put on this album and it was uh judas priest screaming for vengeance um, Fuck yeah! I just, like, Fuck I know, yeah. I just, I've been seeing that that little metal metal uh, Valkyrie or Falcon or whatever for for weeks now, and I was like, you know what? Oh, the, it, it, it has a name. Um, I'm trying to remember. It's Scream for Vengeance. So let me see. George. Because uh, I, I, no, no, it's, <laughs> it, it has. Um, well, thank you for humoring me and just gosh, saying like, no. That, like no, I don't no, think it's George. Uh, <laughs> it could be the Hellion. I. think think oh that makes sense I, i'm trying to remember but like it, it had a name i'm almost certain the, the, the the intro is hellion's eye right so yeah that makes oh no the, the intro is hellion and then it goes to electric oh eye, okay which is oh, fuck yeah electric eye is great <laughs> but yeah putting that on i was like this is this is awesome like this is just great classic heavy metal um i'm glad like i oh man i'm, I'm gonna listen to this today now, yeah like just I, I, just, I kept seeing i love that album cover and i was like you know what we have a free morning. We're not. You know, we're not driving down to Connecticut or, or Mass. Like I just. I want to listen to some Judas Priest. And there you go. You got another thing coming. Exactly. I. I personally, when it comes to Judas Priest, I think I like Defenders of the Faith. I more actually. Than I, I have that one. But... I have that on on vinyl too. It's right behind it, so I'm gonna put that on at some point this weekend too. Yeah. I. I. But Screaming for Vengeance is really good. Have you, by any chance, have you listened to British Steel? I haven't, uh, and I know I should. Because it's that's... the one that's like breaking the law. Yeah, yeah, people love this album, and I don't understand why. Because literally, it is breaking the law, and living after midnight, and like maybe metal gods if you count that. But like the rest of the album, I couldn't care less about. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I've never really understood the hype for them. But but hey, anyway, just good, good pick. Did, did you ever listen to the new Judas Priest album that came out last year? I did, and I liked it. Yeah, it was a really, yeah, really good album. It was, yeah, I mean, considering how freaking old. Yeah, I was too. shocked at how because usually when bands reach that age, it's like, ah, eh, this is like I don't remember the last Iron Maiden album I really enjoyed. Yeah, but um, if you want, so you know, considering that this has been our guilty pleasure episode, uh, if you're up for it, their album Nostradamus is oh, almost geez. like two hours long, yeah. and it I've is so that. worth it. Yeah, like I used to listen to the title track to this thing, like it was like probably one of the first metal songs I really got into. Um, I would listen to it all the time because I thought it was just such a badass song. Like I, yeah, I, I was always like, Judas Priest was always like my band over Iron Maiden back in the day. Though I would probably say I like Iron Maiden more nowadays. 
Uh, um, yeah, I would say I probably like Iron Maiden more, but I, I think they both they kind of approach the genre from different angles. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. But like I I I don't. Do you remember playing Rock Band two? Yeah. And uh, Painkiller was yes was one of the tracks. Yes. I loved Painkiller That's back great. in the day. Like that that was a great that was a great track. And like I remember buying Pain like the whole Painkiller album and just being like just fuck yes because yeah. like like just every single track. On that album is just like fucking great, especially um, "Leather Rebel." Mm-hmm. I think it's just like a like an underrated song. So, "Lightning in the Dark," <laughs> "Leather Rebel." Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. We, I, I think we need to end All this. Right. So, <laughs> okay. Thank, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.